It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Hello, Crystal. Hello, Catherine. Val. Hello, Valerie. Do we have so, another Val out there? Yeah, Valerie. <laughs> Hello, Valerie. I like so, that name. I'm a little special too. to that name. Uh, let's see. Everybody's starting to stack up on a Sunday evening. So welcome, everybody. It's another, st- uh, another stone. <laughs> Standing stone. I can't even talk. So welcome, everybody. It's coming in on a Sunday evening, broadcasting live right outside Louisville, Kentucky. How you doing there, Val? I'm doing wonderful. I want to say hello to everybody on the show. I want to say go Lions. And I want to say uh, a special shout out to the uh, first responders out there. And say a prayer to the homeless people out there. And um, everybody like that. Be kind to people. Be good. Be kind to people. So what's yeah. going on? You no, know, not much. Welcome there, Susan and uh, Gene Hudson. Nice to see you there. Uh, let's see here. Round of applause to everybody. So uh, we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you remember that uh, Val doesn't know about this. Hey, Lorna, welcome to the show. Round of applause to you and Rita and Denise. So we had a, uh, on one of her show, I can't remember what show it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Minnesota or Montana. Somebody correct me. I can't remember. But a guy was traveling from Michigan. And he went to get on the expressway, and the expressway was shut down. And uh, the cops were like, uh, you cannot get on the expressway. And the guy was like, why? He's like, you just cannot it's shut down. Uh, so he went to the gas station, and it's a small town. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, Bigfoot. Uh, it's just mad and uh, throwing a fit. And they shut down. The interstate happens all the time. He's like, what? And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, what? are you serious? And guys like, yeah. And uh, evidently this is well known. And the guys like, uh, don't sleep in your car and you got to go down to this road where it's well lit and park underneath this big spotlight street light. If not, Bigfoot's going to mess with you and your car. And, uh, and I'm like, are you for real? Um, you know? And I, so I'll let the guy come on the air and tell the story. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got contacted, and and uh, the person's like, BS. Uh, I live there. I never heard that. So I got talking to this person. I'm like, are you sure you know this area? And uh, the person's like, well, maybe I don't. So th- I got somebody boots on the ground. I was like, if this story's true, I will drive out there myself and spend some time. And this person's like, 
I got a membership at Costco and we can buy some crunchy peanut butter. I'm like, nah, they don't like crunchy peanut butter. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, I saw her. And I had to go through this whole story about peanut butter. And they're like, are you for real? I'm like, yes. So I got boots on the ground and we're trying to find out this exit number so I can start making or making phone calls and with this person uh, to figure out if this story's for real. What do you think about that? Well, is that is that Michigan or Montana? So the, I think it's Montana. It, is it Montana, everybody? I can't remember what state. But the guy lives in Michigan, and he had okay. to drive eight hours away on a trip. And when he went to leave, mm-hmm. the cops wouldn't let him on the interstate, and they were acting real weird. They wouldn't tell mm-hmm. him what was wrong. And people were in town were like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot's throwing a fit. And, they, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, no. I, so. I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, database, and I've been working on it all week, and uh, because I'm kind of turning a corner with this, and um, doing what I like to do in it is is selecting uh, and pulling yeah. out patterns and stuff. But I'll tell you I'm this: um, Montana is is a as a smaller. And I say smaller, I'm, I'm talking in yeah, Billings, Montana. Of, yeah. Billings, Montana. It's, it's a less populated state than, than most of what we're used to. And, but I've driven through Montana before and I'll tell, I'll tell you what, uh, it's got a lot of mountains or hills or whatever they are. Right. I know there's a lot of grizzly there, but they have some of the most, um, incredible, Bigfoot reports coming out of uh, Montana. And for some reason, uh, they're big there. They're very big. Well, bigger than, big than what I too. expected uh, around here. Um, but I recall a, um, a report out of California where Chips, the California Highway Patrol people, had taken a call about... Uh, a man in a gorilla suit throwing big rocks down on the on the roadway, causing obstructions and stuff. You know, hazards, road hazards and stuff. Right. And um, there's a lot of reports involving uh, parked vehicles, roadways. Yes, this is exactly what's cars. going on in this town. So, and I Shaking. said, if mm-hmm. if if I can validate this story, I will go out there. You're going to drive out there. Yes, I will. Montana. And I'm going to meet this individual. We're going to go buy some peanut butter. And we're going to investigate. Well, I would suggest you put the peanut butter on top of the hood of the car. Uh, you know what I said on the show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to drag a bunch of beer cans covered in peanut butter behind the car. <laughs> you know, people used to do that when you used to get married. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Drag the cans behind the car. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, I'm just going to find a bunch of cars that are parked and smear peanut butter all over the doors and set up cameras and night vision and watch them. Well, you know, some people in some communities, they, they uh, rather than beer cans and cans and stuff like that, just married, they put corn cobs behind their uh, car. What? And they try. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking no. about. Uh. Why would you put corn? <laughs> because <laughs> you're messing with me. <laughs> you're messing. Nobody puts corn cobs. They used, they used to use that at the outhouse. Corn fed, corn fed, you know, proud corn fed uh, yeah, territory. You're, you're and stuff. shut the front door. So, uh, so did, uh, did he had any, have any contact with the uh, Sasquatch or is nah, he, that... he thought he was being punked out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, when he got back home, he was talking to somebody and guys like, no, he, they're probably telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I got this person that's playing Dick Tracy. So we're going to find out what interstate, what exit ramp that is. And we're going to start making phone calls. What, what is that main interstate that runs east and west through that? I, don't, I never looked it up yet. So I'm, I'm trying to think in my mind what it was. Was it interstate 70? It's, I know it's not 75. 75 runs through Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, but that runs north and south. And I think the uh, even numbers run um, east, or yes, east and yeah, west. West and right? three-digit numbers run north and south. Yeah, they're they're bypasses and yes, roundabouts so, and stuff. 
but you know, the person's like, how do you know they don't like crunchy? And I'm like, it's a long story. They're like, I got time. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Crazy. But anyways, but I am, I'm going to bait people's cars that are, if, if they're parked, I'm going to, I'm going to smear their cars in peanut butter. You know, it's criminal right. mischief. For what reason? Damaging somebody's car with peanut butter. That's criminal mischief. Oh, uh, wiping peanut butter. You know, I recall, I recall in my archive of memory that uh, some people, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever they were, they were, you know, they were good citizens. They were super sleuths. They got tired of drug addicts parking in their alley. And uh, they wanted these people arrested. But unfortunately, uh, you know, you can't be everywhere every, every time. So these people, what they, what they thought they would do is, is get some peanut butter. We got peanut butter in the story again. <laughs> they put it all over the bread. And um, uh, they both said, you know, um, when they called the police and they said, well, you know, the drug addicts are back here shooting up again with needles and stuff in the alley. Car is dark. We don't know what kind of car it is. But officers, you can you can uh, you can identify the car. What, what color is it? They said, I don't know. What's the license plate? I don't know. What make is it? I don't know. But we're going to throw some peanut butter and bread on top of the roof of the car. And you see that driving on the street. That's how you know it's them. And sure enough. <clears throat> As the cars are going there, they see a car pulling out of the street closest to that location. And I'll be darned if it didn't have a bunch of bread and peanut butter stuck on the roof of the car. And that's the end of that story. What a sleuth. Ingenuity. I got a confession. It's been years, but I got a confession. So I had problems with drunk drivers at one of my old houses that would never navigate the curve and come through the yard. And I had the county put up chevrons, which are arrows, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. in the curve. And they kept knocking them down. And every time they get in the yard, I would tell the yard where they couldn't get out. <laughs> so they get arrested. Well, they got over that and people start pushing the cars out. And I said, the hell with that. So I went out and bought me a bunch of railroad dots. <laughs> oh. They never got their cars out. I got bumpers, front ends. <laughs> a lot of people went to jail. It, it it was so comical. My parents would come over, and on Friday and Saturday nights, they would sit on the front porch and watch as cars would come off and get hung up, and the police would come and get them. <laughs> One right after another. Yeah, it was that bad. Line them up. But anyways. You, you know, there was a, uh, a Bigfoot report out of Michigan here. Uh, it's been several years ago, but they claim that uh, they were they were this entire family was annoyed with with Bigfoots around their their place. And they happen to have county sheriffs as their local law enforcement uh, authority in that area because it was rural. And they said that um, and I got this report in the database. Uh, they said that um, when a deputies. Um, there were two deputies in the vehicle. When the deputies arrived, they in fact seen what the family was calling about, and they did see these Sasquatches, two or three of them in, in the uh, in the people's yard, front lawn, walking across the yard from one uh, wooded area to another, and they claimed that the deputies pulled the vehicle right into the lawn and were chasing the Sasquatches into the trees. There you go. Uh, there's your problem solved and stuff. But that's <clears throat> it's pretty interesting. I remember years ago when when I was assigned out at Detroit Metro Airport in the summer, we would ride four deputies to a car. Oh, wow. Bruh, four deputies to a car. And it's not easy riding, you know, with all your equipment and stuff with four people in the car. No. No, it's, it wasn't fun. That's, that, that's a clown car. <laughs> it was it was a bruiser, I'll tell you that. But that's the way it was. That's life. That's the way it is. Well, what'd you do if you arrested anybody? Put them in the uh, middle? Call for another car. Okay. Call for, call for a van or, you know, another car. That's 
I mean, that's what they do when, with the uh, motorcycles and stuff. They can't arrest anybody on a motorcycle. They call another car. But um, that's that's the way we used to ride. Four to the car. And that was bad. That was a bad area. <laughs> I can so. see the headlines now. Retired Captain <laughs> Detective <laughs> from out of state gets caught in <laughs> criminal mischief with peanut butter all over people's car while they're parked. <laughs> I'm going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do it. I always carry rubber gloves in my car. Don't ask me why. I guess it's just a habit. You still carry rubber gloves in your car? No. Okay. No, because I, <clears throat> because I don't intend on getting into any of that. I mean, unless, hey, if it's an accident or something and, and I need to help somebody, especially if it's my family and stuff, my hands are there. You know, I'm in the middle of it. Right. But uh, I don't I don't carry any of that stuff with me anymore. I, I still carry rubber gloves, yeah. Have you ever stopped? <clears throat> Have you ever stopped on a roadside to help a police officer struggling? Yeah, one somebody? time, remember, but I was on my way to work. I was in uniform. Mm-hmm. Now I stopped uh, for a Hispanic couple one time, only one time. And uh, my daughter was with me and uh, I showed the guy my credentials and I patted him down. And, uh, and I gave him a ride to the truck stop and bought him a toolkit and helped him put his. Uh, uh, what's that big belt on your car? Oh, that uh, serpentine uh, belt. Serpentine. Yeah. Now I don't keep an evidence kit. I, I, I threw them all out. I had tons and tons of evidence kits. I don't know why I did it. It's right before I moved uh, from mm-hmm. Lexington. Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of that stuff, and I could kick myself in the butt. But, uh, but yeah, and uh, and I told him, look, you're not getting in my car with my daughter. I'm gonna patch you down, and uh, he's like, that's fine. Always. So, and I said, either I said, either you go with me or your wife goes with me. And uh, he said, I'll go with you. And I said, OK. So I took him to the truck stop and uh, he offered me money. I wouldn't take it. So and my daughter was like, wow. She's like, well, was... you've never done that before. And I'm like, I just I just felt bad for him. You know, he was on the right or left hand shoulder in the fast lane. And mm-hmm. the only reason I stopped, he had kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah, I would do the same thing. It's just. You know, I, I, I don't like seeing that. I, I would do whatever I could to help somebody like that. But I remember um, driving to my, I think I was going to the cemetery to, to see my father. And um, um, driving down the expressway, I seen a police officer stopped on the side of the road. And I seen him out there struggling, fighting out there, scuffling on the side of the freeway. So I pull off, run back identify myself and ask him, you know, like CPR, you know, like you're trained to do with CPR. You tap somebody on the shoulder. Hey, do you need help? Yes, I need help. I'm sweating to death here. Um, so yeah, I helped him and that's what I did. But I, I always think about that. You never know what you're going to run into. No. But yes, I would, I would help people in a minute. That's just the way I am. It's just, it's just what it is, Chris. <clears throat> Did I ever tell you my, my, I don't know if I told you this before, but my, my father uh, died from injuries from a homicide. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty tough. It was a tough time for me. Oh yeah. Very absolutely. tough because I was supposed to be with him that, that evening. And as fate would have it, um, I had to call him and tell him that I wasn't going to be able to make that, that family get together that, that day that I was looking forward to. And he was going to, he was going to find my old army uh, uniform and he was going to put it on, got himself a haircut, you know, invite all the relatives over and, you know, just have a good, a good time, a, a big laugh and stuff. And then, Later on that night, um, my wife was in the hospital at that time, um, and I had uh, my two daughters with me, and I worked midnights, and I'm uh, just laying there on the couch, waiting for, uh, you know, waiting for that, waiting for that time, 10:30 at night, for me to get up, shower, and 
change and get ready for work and stuff. And then I get this, this mysterious phone call and the lady on the other end of the phone is she's asking me, who is this? Well, I'm thinking to myself, you know who it is if you call my number. And she started to question me on the phone. Who is this? What is your name? Do you know somebody that lives at this address? And she gave me my dad's address. And I said, yes. And she says, uh, I just need to know that you are who you say you are. And I'm getting annoyed right now. And I'm, and I'm asking her, I says, well, you say you're from, a, from this hospital? She says, yes. I says, are you calling about my dad? I says, I said, what happened to my dad? Well, we just need you to come down here to the hospital now. And um, by the time I got down there, the surgeon, uh, my, my entire family was down there before I got there because I lived the furthest away. And uh, by the time I got there, the surgeon was talking to, I think, my sister, my brother-in-law. And um, I guess I blurted out, is he dead yet? Not, not in a mean, callous way, but, you know, in my mind, something like that happened. And he turned around and he, he lurched at me, the surgeon did. And, and uh, he screamed at me, how dare you talk like that? How dare you, you know, in front of the family members? I said, wait a minute. I'm my father's third oldest son. And I says, um, you know, I, I just want to know what's going on. Nobody told me what's going on. They just told me to come down here. And that's the reason why I'm down here. So. Anyways, it was it was a very, very, very trying time for me in my life. Everybody's got their own journey in life, and this was mine. This is my journey to to experience in in life. And one that I'll never ever forget because of the tragedy that, that followed there. But um, as as life experiences go. Um, my best friend was an attorney and, he, you know, to me, he was like a big brother and I was like a little brother to him. And that's the way he, he looked at me. And, uh, when he learned what had happened, um, he says, he, he told me, he said, Val, he says, I got you covered because you're going to need, you're going to need a, uh, an attorney. You're going to need some law because this you're dealing with probate and all this kind of stuff. This is something that I knew nothing about. I knew a little bit about criminal law and stuff like that, that I was involved with, but not probate. This is an area totally foreign to me. And um, as it was, Brady passed after uh, a few years after this, but, um, you know, this man walked me through this this process and stuff, and I'll never ever forgive or forget the uh, the things that Brady done for me. And I mean, really, I mean, you know, when you got friends, right? And, and you have uh, experiences like this, Chris. It's it's just incredible the amount of outpouring that that I that I seen right. and um, and experienced during that uh, trying time of my life and stuff. But that's something that I experienced. Uh, um, and it was tough for me because at the time I was, <clears throat> I was uh, working uh, in, in a sensitive uh, capacity. You know, I worked, I worked a lot of undercover and, um, oh, I was, I was totally, uh, totally defeated, uh, just crushed, you know, when this happened, because it happens in, in families that happens. And, and, uh, it's best to know now, um, what you're going to do. And, and, you know, when, when things like that occur, 
um, one of the one of the best things that I had was my wife because she had been she had gone through something similar uh, to this, and it was by her guiding hand that allowed me to, you know, uh, pass through this stuff with an open mind and and clear conscience and stuff. But there are a lot of a lot of things that 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 I went through at at that period of time that um, um, they were, you know, they were life changing um, decisions and and things that I had to make. But uh, one of the most important things that I want to share, and this is pretty private, this is very, very private, and we're on social media, we're on podcast, but um, one of the things that I learned and took away from this experience was, was my uh, interest at that point uh, in college. I took a course that was called Death, Dying, and Bereavement. There's actually a course like that. And what that did was take you through, the professor takes the students through, because I took a lot of religion courses in college and uh, Latin American history. And through that, um, um, I learned the history of, of people, the, you know, the way we and Americans um, look at uh, death and how we celebrate it or grieve about it and um through that through that phase in my life i was able to uh share that and and um impart that with with a lot of people and situations that i dealt with you know in real life policing you know uh, dealing with people and stuff and there were times when people would call me off the street call me at home Val, can you come over here uh, to this address? Uh, this is going on. This is what's happening. I really would appreciate if you'd come over here and sit with my family and, and talk with them. And a lot of times I did that. But um, it, it was an eye-opening experience. And it was an uh, unforgettable journey to uh, walk through in that time of my life. It was incredible. So yeah, there's some uh, questions on the board for us. Uh, the first one, uh, the Sasquatch may leave hair trying to get the peanut butter. Uh, people have gotten hair and also greasy palm prints and fingerprints. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right, Val? Mm -hmm. oh, that's right. Greasy. And yeah. And Susan wants to know, why are so many law enforcement people interested in Sasquatch? What are your it's, thoughts? It's, uh, you know what, Grizz, that's a, that's a fantastic question. And, um, I know uh, through my through my contacts with other people, I know for a fact that there's there's a number of law enforcement people, retired, former law enforcement people, like me, like Grizz, that are uh, looking at Sasquatch and other things, because they're giving you they're giving you the perspective of life experiences and their skills, their, their training and stuff. And they're bringing that to bear in this kind of stuff. You know what people, people that encounter these people, and I know who a lot of them are. I know who a number of them are with podcasts and shows and stuff. People should rejoice and be happy, you know, with people like that, seriously, because these people have a lot of of experiences they have a lot of skills to bear in this type of uh, phenomenon this type of research and stuff seriously but uh yeah it I, i'm seeing that too i've i've had um on my own group site the michigan bigfoot uh Re bigfoot reports and data i've had state troopers i've had county sheriff deputies uh reach out to me I've had uh, people, people who who I noticed that work in counties I'm familiar with, and I, you know, spoke with one of them, and I says, "Hey, is your is do you know who your mayor is down there in that city?" And they said, "Yeah." I says, "He's retired uh, state police." Yeah. Well, he used to be my captain when I was working the, their narcotics. Um, 
uh, group down there. And in fact, he he reached out um, up there in Detroit where I was at. He reached out and he wanted me to come down there to your county to work with him. And that's where I went uh, down there. It was like it was like have gun will travel. And that's the way I felt at times and stuff. But there's a lot of people come up to me and give me handshakes and hey, I heard about you. I, I you know, it's nice. It's just nice when you go different places, different counties and stuff, and people know you or they know of you, they know your name, and they throw you a handshake or a pat on the back and stuff. And it's just it's a it's an incredible uh, feeling and stuff. So that's yeah, the it way is. it is. Now, and the I'm other sure. question, uh, th this is a good one. I got in trouble over this one. Have either you ever delivered a baby? <laughs> uh, I actually, and, and I'll go first. I actually put over this car doing 73 in a 35. And at first I thought I was going to end up in a pursuit because it wouldn't stop. And they mm -hmm. kept waving me and it was a frantic way. So I was going to, anyways, the car stopped. We'll put it that way. And they said, baby, that's the only thing I needed to hear. And I said this, we're not far from the hospital. However, you know how labor is. Do not hit me in the rear. Do not run any red lights. Follow me. Do as I do. And I'll get mm -hmm. to the hospital safely. What did I say? Safely. Did mm -hmm. I use my lights and siren? Yes. Was that appropriate? Not really. Because who's liable? I am. You are. But you ran code for them. I, I I departed traffic. I didn't it was a speak. I just got there and the baby was already crowned, which I didn't know. I didn't want to mm -hmm. look. Uh, and she went 20 minutes later and, and had the baby. So, uh, but the hospital, I think, was not even three and a half miles from, from our location. It would took mm -hmm. longer for the ambulance to get from the hospital to our location and then back instead of me just driving them straight there. And when we only hit, I think, two red lights. So, mm -hmm. and the other cars pulled off when they heard the, the siren and saw the red and blue lights. So it's not like we're doing 90 and a 30. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we mm -hmm. drove pretty much a speed limit, but however, I did get called the office on that one. <laughs> you know, you know, Chris, uh, you ran code for them and, and that was your decision. It was. And and I would have done this probably done the same thing. Um, weighing the two together. If the, if there were exigent circumstances there, yeah, I'd roll up my sleeves and do what I could do. I mean, uh, I believe that there's a, a Samaritan law, a good Samaritan law that says, you know, you're not liable for for uh um things that circumstances that that if, come if you're if you're rendering first aid that is mm -hmm. correct mm -hmm. but uh using emergency activated equipment to get somebody to the emergency room and, and if an accident would ensued yes i would it's have been liable, or, or the department would have been liable then yeah. i would have been liable the the agency yeah yes um yeah that's risky that's very risky but that was your decision and it yeah, turned out it, well and you made the right did. decision so and on my account, no, I never delivered a child. Um, I, you know, uh, I was trained to do that. A lot of us were. I know for a fact that we were trained for that because I got certificates over there that show that. But um, um, it seemed like it seemed like a lot of my time was was spent trying to save lives and not <laughs> give life. And um, um, it's, it's, um, it's a very, it's a very, um, it's a very hard thing to, to go back and, and think about, but, but I, I, I've seen a lot of uh, dying people in my arms and stuff, including a baby. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't um, get the child to breathe. I tried and pa had to pass the, the child over to another officer because it, it wasn't happening. And uh, it seemed like, it seemed like uh, 
you know, people say that CPR saves lives and stuff, and, and it does. <clears throat> but it never worked well with me. And uh, when, when you do CPR on people, it's like when you do the compressions, it's like you pressing on a carton of empty eggshells. And you hear the crunch. Oh. That's a lot what you hear. On older and, people, elderly people, yeah. Oh my gosh, mm. it, yeah. it's tough, but you do what you got to do. I mean, I've I've commandeered a boat. We didn't have a boat. I commandeered a boat from a private yacht club to save somebody's life, and that's a decision that you make. I I went into a burning house and pulled and and looked for somebody, risking my own life, and I brought him out. I found him. And um, you just you just make those decisions and you do it. And, that, and that's all that's ever asked of you to do your job. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to to be living today for some of the stuff that that I was involved in. Just happy to be living. And, um, you know, it's. It is, uh, it's, it's a tough thing. Anybody that does that kind of work uh, needs to be congratulated and, and thanked, seriously. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I don't know. It's, um, it's incredible. So uh, before the show, I was telling you, Grez, that, that I was looking at these, this database. I've been working on it all week. And um, looking at things um, that I consider patterns and stuff. And um, some of the things are pretty interesting um, that, I've, that I've pulled out. And, and I'll just go through them real quickly just to give people a little sense of what, what I see. And um, one of the most interesting uh, parts of this are weapons. You know, uh, when we're talking about Sasquatch reports and Sasquatch behavior and stuff like that, uh, I don't know how many times I've I've uh, verbally jousted with um, with skeptics or uh, people that think they know but they really don't know, and once they open up their mouths, uh, um, you know that they don't really have a good sense of 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 Bigfootery, I do. I mean, that's the way I look at it. But um, when it comes to hunters, people that are on the ground out there in the outdoors, and they uh, confront and encounter uh, Sasquatches, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, um, hunters will either keep that to themselves and not share it with anybody because because of the machismo, because of the the uh, the male pride involved in this stuff. I mean, who's going to go run around and brag about being scared to the point where they urinate themselves? Right. Man isn't going to do that. Uh, man is going to tell you, you know, I got a gun. Um, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, that might be the case, but there's a whole lot of documentation that, that, that speaks otherwise to the fact that, um, you know, some people uh, drop their weapons and, and flee, drop their weapons. But um, there are times when um, uh, the unfortunate happens, and, it, and that may happen during confrontations, during hunting season. A lot of this happens, happens in that three-month uh, window, September, October, November, sometimes December, where uh, large numbers of people are out there and uh, they're all vying for the same thing as that hairy individual out there, which is, which is part of his life or its life, her life, whatever. And uh, when, the two, when the two forces converge, um, it's one or two things gonna happen. Either the hunter is going to give up its their um, their prey, their food, 
or the Sasquatch is going to take it. It's up to them how that's going to end. Um, in the unlikelihood that that uh, uh, a conflict occurs, um, some of the things that I look at um, in these databases is, uh, number one, uh, was anybody hurt? Was anybody killed? If they were hurt and killed, um, what evidence is left behind? Tracks, yes. Blood, yes. Uh, what about the weapons? Some of these weapons, rifles, shotguns, uh, long arms, uh, long arm firearms, long barrel uh, firearms are bent and twisted like a pretzel. Uh, when when I'm speaking about when I speak on this topic, on any topic uh, involving Bigfoots, I'm talking about tells, clues, and confirmations. Every one of those three, every one of those three things that I just named, are present in these in these uh, databases that I look at. The twisted weapon, the tracks, the blood the the uh, injuries whatever they are to whatever extent they are those are all tells clues and confirmations so uh when i see these kind of reports i was just showing grizz earlier today when i see these kind of reports here's three books missing books there's another one that i got open in front of me when i see these these books that people write about missing people and i see those kind of clues tells and confirmations in there that's not a mystery to me i know what i know what what occurs here but a lot of this is written off as mystery intrigue um suicide <clears throat> i was mentioning to grizzly earlier today <clears throat> excuse me about about and I was asking him whether or not he had heard of any people hanging upside down in trees. Think about that. Hanging upside down. That's, that's pretty gruesome. It's pretty uh, creepy to me. I do remember, I do recall, in serial criminals, uh, sometimes that is found in, in very, very severe cases. And then I recall uh, many instances of, of um, trees that are inverted, meaning, meaning uh, they're broken and jammed into the ground upside down. And then when I think about um, people hanging in trees upside down. It sounds like predator. Yes, it, 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 it all connects. It's, it's clues, tells, and confirmations. That's what's in the database. That's what I see. I also look at um, um, similar patterns involving um, um, injuries that, that uh, victims sustain in confrontations with, with Sasquatch. And a lot of these people... Um, um, incur um, severe scratches. And, and again, with all those books there, you'll see numerous instances of, of uh, missing people that are found, but they've, they, they can't explain themselves. They don't know where they've been. They don't know how their body got scratched up. But there's numerous reports of, of people with with uh, contact with Sasquatches that have been scratched, and they claim that the the Sasquatch's claws or fingernails scratched them, ripping and, and shredding their clothes. Um, I've bantered this around a lot on the group sites and, and listened to a lot of different people, and um, um, th there's still a fair number of people that that would argue uh, bears do that. It's it's bear claws that, that scratch people and, and shred their clothes. Gene wants to know if you thought about writing a book. 
Oh, Gina, I love you. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm 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 dodging that that uh, question, but I'll say this: <clears throat> in Bigfootery, uh, there's a lot there's a lot to, to learn in this in this area, and number one is there's a lot of con men a lot of chicanery, a lot of uh, vagabonds and bandits and and not good people involved in, in Bigfootery, in my opinion. In my opinion. And um, I got involved, I got involved with somebody and I co-wrote co -wrote a uh, Bigfoot, Michigan Bigfoot book. And I don't even advertise it. I don't even talk about it because I was so... because I was so careless in doing this that I, and careless in the respect that I didn't have, I didn't have a, I didn't have a, uh, an attorney involved. I didn't have a contract and, and none of the things that I would, I would suggest other people do, I didn't do. And for that reason, um, you know, I, you know, I think about it. I thought about it. You know, I've done a lot of things. I've, I, um, in life, you know, in your mind, in my mind, I look at things that I wish I would have done. I wanted to do, I wanted to scuba dive. I wanted to skydive. I wanted to fly a plane. And, and I got as far as, 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 a, as a student pilot. And uh, so in my mind, and I climb mountains, in the military overseas. So um, I've done a few of the things that I wanted to do in my life and accomplish. And um, writing a book would be the ultimate. And and I may do that as I step away from this. Um, hey, everybody's saying do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so... Um, in the databases, I'm looking at I'm looking at patterns. I'm looking at these these patterns that that pop up, and I look at I look at whether what other people report. Now I'll tell you what, Grizz. <clears throat> I see a lot of the content that that people. Oh, talk they're about. saying the lines are losing. Well, should I grab a, a tissue or? You I know, they're only. They only started uh, a couple minutes ago, right? Yeah, they're zero and seven. Well, that's okay. We got the game is sixty minutes, but it takes about three three hours, you know, to go through the whole game and stuff. But um, yeah, Brian said they're losing, so they just wanted to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have lionitis by the time I leave out of here. I know, but, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it'll be okay. Just everybody, it'll be okay. Mike says uh, Lions are not going to win. Okay, all right. I I'm messing with you. Everybody's everybody's giving me <laughs> slack. Lions are winning seven and zero. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. They scored first. <laughs> yes. Uh, and look, say look, look down in the comments. I, I was telling you wrong. <laughs> See, everybody's Lions. like, they're winning, they're winning. I'm like, no, they're losing, Val. Go Lions. That's Lionitis. <laughs> We're going to have Lionitis by the time we leave out of here. Everybody is. So uh, somebody uh, this week, we're, we're talking about, uh, they, they brought up a picture of a, a photo of a deer in a, in a tree. And uh, um, a friend of mine shows it to me. He texts that photo to me and he says valley i i pulled this from um i pulled this from a uh uh lion panther group site or something i don't know anything about that and uh there's a big controversy over there about uh deer about uh mountain lions and panthers and stuff have you seen that kind of stuff chris now, the only thing I've seen that's been close to here up in a tree mm -hmm. was that 55-gallon drum I sent you. 
mm-hmm. my buddy, mm-hmm. remember down there, Mammoth yes. Cave? Yes, All those yes. weeds or that grass was being dried in between the, the trees. And then he found that drum on the side mm-hmm. of the hill. A mm-hmm. human cannot lift that drum over your no. head and put it up in a tree. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. No, but how many times have you seen lion mountain lions drag a uh, 30, 40-pound rock up in a tree and just set it in the uh, crotch of a tree? Right. Uh, or uh, a cow or a uh, elk and steer and stuff. This is what I know. When, when I hear this stuff and, and I told, I told Jimmy, I said, Jimmy, this is what I know about it. This is what, what I know about, uh, animate and inanimate objects found in trees, trophies and ornaments. Remember when, when I, when I, uh, get into this topic of things found in trees to me, uh, that's much like to a Sasquatch. I think based on what I see, Based on what I know, uh, it's a lot like uh, me, you, and everybody else. During Christmas time, we put ornaments on trees, don't we? Don't we do that? We put bulbs and stuff, and we look at it. Right. We look at it. From from what I understand, and the way I look at this is to to them. Um, first of all, I preface anything I say. By, by saying this, Bigfoot Sasquatches are not perfect. They're not, they're intelligent, but they're not without their own fault. They're not flawless. They're not impervious to, to carelessness or haste or any of that stuff. And you know, uh, because you have a, Grizz, you have a, a background uh, in law enforcement and dealing with people, you know that haste makes waste. Haste makes mistakes. That's what happens. That's human nature that does that. In in the case of Sasquatch and Bigfoots, it's nature. I'm not going to say that they're humans. I'm not. They're not humans. They are not humans. But I will say this: from what I know. From what I've gathered, and and I take this information, all this information that I gather, and this is what, this is what I read, this is what I weigh, this is what I measure, and this is how my opinion is formed. From everything that I've read, and and there's information from a CSI. I'm talking about a forensic criminal science uh, investigator, anthropologist that looks at this. He says, no, uh, the North American mountain lion does not take stuff up in a tree. Now, I've seen that with cheetahs and panthers in Africa yeah, right. and stuff like that, right? We've seen that. Yeah. But not here, not North America. It's just not, it doesn't happen. The controversy started when somebody took a picture of a deer um, that was up in a tree. And this is a black and white photo, and there was a long article that attached to that. And so the the lionitis and the pantheritis fans come out, and they swear that the lions do that. Lions are doing this. This the scientist, the the anthropologist, the the individual with more learning and more expertise on the subject than me, says, "No, that's there's nothing. There's nothing that indicates." Uh, uh, mountain lion involvement here at all, nothing. But what, he says, what's what's puzzling about this is the fact that this this deer doesn't have an arrow. It wasn't shot. It was placed up there by some external force. Now, I there's a lot of document, a lot of documentation that that points to um, the hunting season the confrontations, the encounters that hunters have with Sasquatch. And there's a lot of evidence that points to Sasquatch either grabbing the deer that was shot and taking it. And and, and how do they get it out of the area so fast without anybody seeing them? They might place it up in the tree. They'll come back for it later. Or they might just show it up there and, and say, hey, Grizz, this is what I did. You want some of me? 
come over here, meet me here at this time tomorrow, and you can have part of me. You can see me on this. But um, seriously, in a serious note, uh, this has been going on for years and years and years. There's a, uh, there's a uh, report here from somebody from one of the most common uh, Bigfoot organizations, a spokesperson for that group that was down in Ohio 20 years ago, um, interviewed uh, for some media. I don't think that it was him uh, per se that, that, that made the statement. It was somebody he was down there with uh, investigating um, deer found in trees. And, and I'm talking about this is 20 years ago or better. And uh, one of these fellas made the comment that was, that was printed in publication that says, oh, yes, out west, we got bodies out in the, uh, out in the trees. Just like this, just like this, bodies. Now we're not we're not talking about deer. They were out there for the deer, the mysterious deer found in the tree. But his statement, published in print, was about bodies. You know, when when you have a deer in a tree, that's a carcass. That's what we call carcass. When we're talking about humans, we give it some reverence, we give it some respect, we call it bodies. So um, when, when I mentioned the two to you uh, before the show, this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. And this kind of stuff, when we're talking about deer in the deer, elk, or any of that stuff found in the trees, these are the patterns that I look for. And these are some of the things that, that I am shown through the, uh, through the study of this kind of stuff. And by the way, um, it's not only deer, it's elk, it's goat, it's sheep, it's people, it's hubcaps, it's uh, bales of straw, it's tents, it's bicycles, uh, it's, it's hunter's vests that, that, that were missing that you find adorned like ornaments on these trees. And many, 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 many other things and animals, even horses, for goodness sakes. Yeah dogs and, and 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 it goes on and on and on bear everything uh for the lionitis and the pantheritis fans that that want to believe that uh this phenomenon is is uh the cause of of mountain lions and stuff yes even mountain lions um are found hanging like this so um that's what i got to say about about the uh Objects found in trees and stuff. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Guess what we're talking about at 8 o'clock tonight, Eastern Time, on the Pulse. Lionitis or pantheritis? <laughs> no, we're talking about sovereign citizens. I love this topic. Serious? Yes. So I want to show people the aftermath of people going to court playing sovereign citizen. I love it. I love it. And not only <clears throat> that, we're covering... Uh, did you know an AI robot uh, attacked a factory worker? Where did yes, that happen at? I, I can't say. It, Not to play the news report. It was covered up at a major manufacturer. Uh, it got scared because the other robots were being uh, turned off, and it attacked the, the co-worker that was turned off the other robots. And uh, the manufacturer covered it up. We're also going to cover up. Have you seen the new McDonald's that they're coming out with and retrofitting the old McDonald's? No, it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, good, bad, or what? I, I won't. I won't go in because because I'll tell you uh, from what I've learned, and I don't want to. I don't want to transgress into somebody else's show and stuff. But but uh, there are reasons why um, I I have. We have, I, I shouldn't say I, we have decided to divest our uh, shares with, with a said company because of what I've heard about stuff. Yeah. I didn't say so, anything. I'm just, I'm just, so you know, this, th this is the way of the way of the future, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you, if you don't know creepy. what's coming, it, it is. It's, uh, it's sovereign creepy. citizen is these people. I'm not driving. I'm traveling. 
I don't have mm-hmm. to show you my driver's license. Why did you mm-hmm. stop me? You got to tell me first why you stop me. What the hell? It is hilarious. And these people are, uh, it, you just got to tune in. Uh, so they want to play that they know the law. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't know. Jack, I'll say that. Uh, we're also going to cover some other topics I'm not going to get into. I'm just giving you a little taste. So it's going to be an interesting show. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go sneak and peek. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> so I went and got a bunch of videos because I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome for the show. Cause you know, when, when people told me about sovereign citizen, when I was on the force, I tell you one time, and if you didn't open that window, I'm going to knock that window out and I'm going to drag your rear and out through it. And that's resisting. And you're going to get charged with that too. So, yes. So it's, it's wonderful. And, uh, and now you got attorneys on social media is like, y'all better stop. And you ought to see him in court, Val. It is hilarious. Yes, Thomas, they are idiots. I will say that. You know what state you live in. Try that stuff in Indiana. That's what I'm talking about, Thomas. But it are is they interesting. Be, are they mean in Indiana? Well, we we never played games in Indiana. No? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, our prosecutor, uh-uh. <laughs> he told us exactly. When they pull that stuff, this is what you do. Warn them one time after that, knock the glass out and drag them. So... You know, none of this stuff. Why did you pull me over, officer? That's no, that's not how it works. I don't have to. You call your supervisor. No, that's not how it works. I don't know where the hell they got all this information from. There's some idiots out there. <laughs> but it's interesting. So I got some stuff. Yeah, Thomas, they don't. So, but uh, reality check's coming. So I want, I want to introduce people about sovereign citizens and people's rights as they call it. Yeah, I'm going to show you your rights, all right? Right to jail. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know what? In a lot of ways, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm out of there. Oh, I, yeah, Serious. I know. Serious. But I just had to tell people about some of the things we're going to cover. It's very interesting. Now, the McDonald's part, I was like, shut the front door. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, know. What I, I don't know what I would do if I walk in and saw this. I, I I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm pretty thorough. I'm telling you, you know, everybody else is going to follow. Watch. I'm, I, mark my word. I'm calling it. Everybody else I, is going to follow suit. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't visit fast foods anymore. When here do I? But I like a diet coke every once in a while while I'm out. All I do like their diet cokes. So. You know, every I, what I seen was was a lot of uh, businesses going automated, which means um, uh, a lot of things are robotic, and, and there's no need for um, uh, human workers and stuff. That's what I see. Uh, I see that. Uh, I, I've seen that since 2000 or 2020, 2018. You notice where I said 2018 and stuff. I seen a, a big change. I seen an evolution uh, changing the food industry and stuff. And uh, besides that, I'd like to know what's in my food before I eat it. Oh and stuff. man, you ought to see people going in there. They're they're shell shocked. They don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Their world is upset. I mean, it's not funny. It used to be when you go into these these little restaurants and stuff. You go in there for the the social experience, you know, talking to people, having coffee, chit-chatting and that kind of stuff. And I guess I haven't been in there. I haven't been in there in, in, in a number of years. So I don't know what kind of changes or anything. Changes. Remember that song? Oh, I remember. Wasn't that yeah. David Bowie? The I, I don't, I don't think it's David Bowie. I have no? to, now I have to look. I'm terrible with songs. You have to you have to look it up and stuff. But, uh, but listen, it, it's very interesting. Go go watch your football game. I don't want you to. Li- I mean, you just saw your face when I told you they were losing. They were. You Why? Know, like, did what? I, did I, was there a was there a pale hue that came you over my face? Like. <laughs> and everybody's in the chat's like, "No, they're winning." I'm like, "Yeah, they're losing." And you're like, "Oh, that's okay. You know, it's only the they still got. Uh, you know, you're like trying to play sixty it minutes. Uh, that was funny as heck. Hours, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry." Listen. Oh yeah, was, uh, yeah. Catherine says David Bowie did sing that. 
I must have been hearing a re, re, <clears throat> remake of it or replay of it. You know, you know, I used to when I was a, a young boy, I used to um, play garage bands and, and I was really, really into uh, music and stuff. Drums. I, I had think I had two drum sets, a Pearl and I had a Slingerland. Slingerland was was uh, was something to brag about because, you know, they were pretty expensive, even though I think I traded a car for it, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I'll tell you this and, and we'll call it a show. So <laughs> I two years ago, my my place buddies, I'm sorry. Uh, somebody says I can't fix stupid. So this was my motto. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you all this. This is bad. I can't fix stupid, but I can issue a court date. You know how to do that. Yeah. So I actually put that on stickers and challenge coins. <laughs> I sold the hell out of them. I still got some. So, and I mean, they, they were putting on their MBTs and all that stuff in their squad cars and everything. That's cool. So That's very cool. Hey, I listen, to stuff. Eric's like, I want some. <laughs> Grizz and everybody that's uh, listening out there, thank you very much. And, Absolutely. Uh, go Lions. And, yeah. And go Lions. Uh, yeah. Poor, and poor Val. They were losing. Your, your face was like, <laughs> what am I going to do? From what coast to coast do? around the world, ladies and gentlemen, we'll thank see you at 8 o'clock on The Pulse. Take care. Now. See you soon. It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, ship, should we run? <laughs> no. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, shit. Should we run? <laughs> okay. It's a grizzly. Are you sure it's not Jim Monk? <laughs> It's a grizzly. Oh, money here. Huh. Maybe it is a chipmunk. It's a grizzly. Oh, Are we going to die? I don't know. We're just going to sit here and listen and watch. Let's get out of here, maybe. Oh! <laughs>